It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has some of our own awards to give out today. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, a lot more in-depth awards than the Flyers did, and hopefully we'll have a lot of fun with it. You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Subscribe or follow Locked On Flyers for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, before we dig into our Flyers end of season awards and superlatives, one thing we wanted to touch on that we didn't really talk about on yesterday's show from the postmortems that Tortorella and Danny Breer gave was Danny Breer, I thought was pretty curt and short about uh, being asked if he had gotten any indication as to if the interim tag was going to be removed from his title. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird place for him to be because, you know, he's planning as if he's the guy he's having end of the season meetings, draft strategies, all these things. If it were me, he's kind of gone already further than I would have had the interim tag go. Like, that's just me. Me, I would have had him announce that, you know, at that conference that it's his permanent position. But they didn't do that. I don't know why. And he doesn't know why either. And I don't, you know, I don't sense he loves it. No, he did not love it at all based on the tone from the answer to that. And you know, whether he was trying to send a message there that he wants an answer now um, remains to be seen. But yeah, I was a little surprised they there wasn't some sort of communication from Dan, not Danny, but Dan right. um, at Comcast to be like, no, we're still doing the search or just some sort of clarity yes. on that from from the executive side of things. But, no, uh, and especially from a fan standpoint, the fans don't know if this is the guy. The media doesn't know. So it's kind of like, You can't even write about a search taking place. It's an odd place to be. It it really is. But again, that's just one of those balls in the air that we've been talking about, you know, in terms of so much happening all at once. But we do have a season to talk about in our own way. So we have some superlatives and uh, end of season awards that we would like to give to the Flyers. Our first one is most underappreciated player. Russ, who you got? I'm going Morgan Frost because I felt like all year he was outpacing all the other guys in points and especially the last couple of months and Nobody really said much. Nobody wrote much. Once in a while, you know, like, hey, Frost is doing good, you know, but like, I just think he took the biggest step forward. And and so, yeah, I felt like he was underappreciated. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to say Rasmus Ristolainen. That's good. I think that he just improved so much over the course of the season, 
defensively. And I think he's one of the guys that bought into the tort system more than anybody yeah. on the team. And it worked to his benefit, which if you had asked me before the season, I would not have said that. But I, I think that he really uh, came into his own in a better way. The points aren't there yet, but the defensive play is certainly light years better than it was last season yeah. for him. Next question, or I don't know if, if it's an award or a superlative, but um, most guy likely to inexplicably return to the Flyers. It's Zach McEwen. Like, we all know it's Zach McEwen, right? He was. <laughs> That's going off the board, though, man. <laughs> I'm going off the board because I'm just looking at circumstantial evidence. The Flyers traded him for a guy getting a tryout in Brendan Lemieux, right? So now, you know, Morensky's mm -hmm. technically in the playoffs. And, but he's on this one-year deal. They're not going to re-sign him there. And the Flyers loved him. Oh. And I could just see Torts saying, yeah, go go get him back as part of the backfill. So that's my feeling. If you're talking about guys that we picked up on waivers that we <laughs> regret losing, I think he could maybe fit into that category as well. But uh, I, I don't know if inexplicably is the right word, but I think Kevin Hayes will be on the team. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good call. I, it's going to be very hard to trade him. Yeah. All right. Who is the younger guy or prospect with future leadership potential? I think it's Noah Cates. I mean, you you get a guy who didn't really want to play center, has played it, um, throw him into it at the NHL level. He starts going up against some of the best guys in the league at times, taking faceoffs and such. He handles it really well. His offense is down, but he's not down mentally. He's always in the game. He's always smiling. He's talking out there. He's trying to set up plays. You know, he he's a guy that was very well trained in college, and and you could see it. And so I just feel like he's a situation where you could say, "See, you go to college, kids, and you could become a future leader." How do you like? <laughs> Stay in school. Stay in school. Um, yeah. I'm going to go a little off the board and say Tyson Forrester. Okay. I think that, you know, he's not a permanent part of the roster yet, but I think he's a guy that's going to be a, a, be a leader by showing what you do out on the ice kind of player. And you need some of those and you need some of the guys who can talk to, to the other players in the locker room or, and be you know, a voice for the team with the coach and stuff. But I see Tyson Forrester as just be like, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to give the effort every shift and I'm going to put points on the board. And that's why you're going to respect me. The next award is going to the best conditioned athlete. Who you got? I got Ivan Provorov. Like if you ever go or if, um, if anybody has a chance to ever go pregame discussion with the coach, pregame interviews, Ivan Provorov's out there at like 445 doing his hip exercises every time. And that's not even all of his game day routine. That just starts his game day routine. So there's nobody more committed. You could see it. You could see by the minutes he plays. It's, he's an amazingly conditioned athlete. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you there. That would be my selection as well. Um, you know, it's his reputation on the team and around the league, and there's absolute truth to it. Next award, the player who refers to the media as you guys as a negative the most. See, now that's it, a very specific award. It is because if it wasn't a player, then it would be torts. 
because he's always right. trying to separate the media by saying, well, you guys think this and you guys, I'm going to say it's Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo <laughs> uses it at least once or twice every post game as if like we guys think of things harsher or in a different way than, than he does. And so Tony, you get the award. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, and you would know the answer to that the most uh, being in the locker room the most um, between the two of us. The next one is uh, along the lines of media always willing to speak. It's Scott Lawton. Like if there's a, there's always a guy on the team and I'll give you an example. Like when I was covering the Rangers exclusively, uh, the one guy I could always go to for a quote, Kevin Weeks. Well, Kevin Weeks in the media mm. now, it's not really surprising. He was always willing to speak and that's a goalie even on his day off willing to speak. So Scott Lawton's the same thing, super approachable. And you know, when guys have had a horrible game and nobody wants to speak, he'll always speak. He always takes the bullet. I think that's absolutely true. And he's so thoughtful. He like everything he says, you know, comes with really good background of like he really carefully considers what he is going to say in answers. And it's not to be political. It's because he wants to share the like make sure he's communicating things in the right way. Yeah. And and I think that um, he's just super smart and just so honest yeah. and, and forthright about everything he has to say. I, I appreciate that as well. Um, the almost too chill award uh, for me goes to Wade Allison. <laughs> he is just like, he is not a man of many words, I will say. <laughs> Uh, and he's very focused on, you know, what he has to do. And he doesn't really want to talk about <laughs> how he gets there. I'm going to say Nick Deloria. He's sort of like that, too. He doesn't like to talk about his business because a lot of his business is fighting and punching guys in the face. Not all of it, but some of it. And he also seems that way. So I'm going to go with Deloria. All right. The award for having the most hallway discussions with opposing team players. Like this is something we see every time we go out of the locker room. Players are meeting up with other players from other teams, their former teammates, their friends, their family, all of that. It's Kevin Hayes is the winner by far. He's got a crowd <laughs> of two or three from opposing players every game out in the hallway. It's a guarantee. And so and it's probably all Massachusetts guys. That's what I've talked right. a lot of them as. So, yeah, he's he's the uh, the winner there. Yeah, that is not surprising to me. Um, I would guess that James Van Riemsdyk has a lot of friends he around does. the league as well uh, that he gets back in touch with, I'm sure, especially when he's in Toronto yeah. and and such. But uh, And Provorov talks a lot to a lot of the Russian players. He does. Hmm. Yeah, I would expect that as well. All right, we have more awards and superlatives to get to, and we will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is it's great for getting notified about the last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get views from your seats. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app. 
Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, Russ, we're going to dig into some more awards here. Uh, the Flyers do have a nice guy award, but it's more formalized in a way. It is. And so there's like different kinds of being a nice guy. So the aw shucks nice guy award from Lockdown Flyers goes to. Owen Tippett. Like yeah. anytime you interview him, he's just. Uh, has no ego. He's just willing to listen to everything, give a thoughtful answer to everything, chat around even if you know there's no crowd. He he is that guy. So maybe it's his upbringing, but yeah, he's like that all shucks kind of guy. Yeah, and the guy who you would want to be your next door neighbor. Yeah, I feel it's like Nick Sealer because uh, for one thing, if if we're having trouble down the block, he he could you know take care of it, punch out the guy. Whatever. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I feel like if um, I broke my leg, Nick would come and mow my lawn. He seems like that kind of guy. I feel like if I run out of beer, I can go get a beer from Nick. So he just, he seems like that guy. Yeah. I think I want Travis Sanheim to be my next door neighbor. Cause I feel yeah. like, yeah, that's a good one. I feel like he's a super good dude and would be there in a pinch, but also he's going to be quiet and not bother you when you don't want That's to be bothered. True. That's a good point. No parties. Yeah. Yeah. So that is why I would like Travis Anheim living next door. All right. Uh, best mustache. You know, I'm going to give this to Morgan Frost because it's a big improvement over last year. It's really most improved mustache, but he's worked on it. Like last year was like my first mustache. But now it's really started to fill in for him. And, and I think he's styling it well. So I'm going to give it to Morgan. Yeah, that's uh, I think he definitely has improved both uh, with his on ice hockey play this season, as well as his uh, grooming habits. Um, I think for me, I would probably pick Risto. He's just so well put together. Like I, you could tell just, he puts a lot of thought really into blonde, it. It's hard to see, you know, that's it's the only hard thing. to see. Yeah. But, but like when you see him up close, you're like, man, that is styled. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. A 10th of an inch, you know? Yes. So I appreciate that kind of effort that he puts into it. And I guess like, so that would double as my best beard award. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I'm going to go Nick Delorier because he's got the everyman beard. Sometimes it's groomed, sometimes it's scraggly, but that's that's how mine is. Sometimes you know it depends if I feel like grooming it or not. So I think I feel like Nick Delorier is every man with his beard. So I'm going to go Delorier. Okay, the most likely to host a dinner party. Yeah, I'm going to go Scott Lawton. I could see him uh, coming out there with charcuterie and brioche and. Certain cheeses, you know, mascarpone. I could see him being a refined guy and going with like mascarpone. So it just seems I could just picture him that way. So I'm going to go Scott Lawton. Uh, I might go like kind of on the opposite side of that. That it would be a dinner party, but it would be like let's get some beer and wings and like some pizza yeah, or something. Be, yeah, I could see that. But that would be Joel Farabee for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Farabee definitely with the 
with the weir, beer and wings. I think Scott would do that too, but I do think he's more refined. But I, right. I do it more in Joel Farabee for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be more of the party and less of the dinner, I yes. guess we would say. Yeah. It's, it's like, let me order a hundred wings and a keg of beer. That's, and that's my party. Exactly. All right. Who is the player we know the least about? It's Risto. You don't ever learn anything about him. Uh, if I asked you what was his upbringing like, do you know? I don't know. And I've, and I've seen him in the league for all these years. If you asked him, does he have any brothers or sisters? I don't know. Like, I just don't know anything about him. I don't know if you're clued in better than I am, but. No. No, he is definitely a mystery. And in some ways, I kind of like that. Uh-huh. Because I like I like a good, mysterious hockey yeah. player. Yeah, you know, yeah. where, where he just kind of shows up and does his business and goes home from the rink and we just don't know where he goes. Like, does he even go home? I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But I think for me, based on the times that I've spent um, more often at the practice facility, it's Sam Erson. Like mm. he he is a big mystery to me in that he, you know, he's very soft spoken and gets directly to the point and doesn't add much color to his answers Yeah. Um, when you talk to him. And so I feel like maybe the, the other Swedes know more about him than the rest of us ever will. But um, <laughs> I think that he is definitely one of those guys that hopefully we'll get to know a little bit more in the future um, and that he sticks around with the franchise. But uh, what are your thoughts on that, by the way? Well, with him sticking around? Yeah. Yeah, I think based on yesterday, he's sticking around. I think he's going to be the backup. I don't think Sandstrom will be the backup. That's just the gut feeling. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, all right. the This is a really good one. The best thousand mile stare. Because we've all been there, right? At the end of a game, somebody gets either a tough, you know, a last second goal or you get shellacked eight nothing. And I'm going with Carter Hart. It's taken a few years, but he's got it down now. He really does. And he shows no emotion. He is emotionless. No, it is so true. Like you think about like when he makes a stop, like there are some goaltenders that will do like the like, hey, I did yeah. that. Or do yeah. like the chuckle thing or like glove. glove or like have a moment with the, yeah. like, their defenseman or something. Carhart does not do any of those things. He's just like, yep, that's my job. I just did it. We're moving on. Right. Yep. And, and I absolutely love that about it. I was thinking about this category in a slightly different way. And I went with Scott Lawton because he is known okay. for his sort of murder face expression. Yeah, murder face. That's true. And so I think that he's very different on the ice and off the ice. Yes. So he's got that murder stare while he's on the ice. No question. Um, I especially like it when he gets a face-off, even if he, he isn't the best at face-offs overall. I think he, his stare at face-offs is a thing to behold. But then, like, you get him off the ice, and he's just, he smiles, and he's yeah. just really... Um, you don't get a picture of it, though. Like, you don't no. often see it, but... No, it's true. All right, that is our awards and superlatives for the season. If you have your own award or superlative, you would like to award to one of the flyers from this past season, certainly let us know. 
uh, we will bring some of them up that we like on future shows. In the meantime, we have your mailbag questions to answer, and we will do that coming up next. All right, Russ, this first question from our mailbag is a real good one um, because it's another sort of explanatory question and terms in hockey get thrown around a lot. And it's just helpful, I think, to clarify what some of them are. So Mario wants to know, can you please tell me what a flat salary cap is? Are there any other types of salary caps? And how is it that teams like Boston, Toronto and Pittsburgh can load up with star players at the trade deadline? and still fit under the cap, and the Flyers seem to have trouble. Well, I mean, they shouldn't have trouble because other teams have figured it out. But a flat cap just basically means this is your number, and maybe there's an escape hatch or two, but not too many. And this is it. Like, you can't go over this number. You have to walk into the season compliant, or you basically, I think you get fined. I think you get fined a lot of money. I think it's also talking about when the league does not raise the salary cap at all. Yeah, so- well, that's I, that's not normal. It happened early on in the cap, and then it happened obviously during the pandemic and keeps. But even last year, it went up, and it's going to go up this year. So, yeah, that's. I guess that's more what he's thinking, maybe with the flat cap, but that's not normal. Right. So in terms of not having an increase from year to year or a very, very small increase like we're having, if it's only a million dollars up, that's not going to help you in a significant way, especially if you're already in cap trouble, which, you know, the Flyers are are in a a tough spot right now. And as far as other caps, like you could look at baseball, they call theirs a luxury tax. It's still a cap. They don't want to go over it. If they go over it, they get charged uh, a fee. And that fee goes to the bottom feeder teams. And the bottom, the thought is those bottom feeder teams then are supposed to use that money and get other players, but they just pocket it. So it, it's not a great system. Yeah, I've often wondered if a luxury tax would be something that would be helpful in the NHL. And I think you're right. I think the answer is no. I think it would um, just give the haves more and the have-nots. They like they're still not going to be yeah, like Arizona. Would- they would be pocketing all kinds of money. Right. And it's still not going to make teams like that more attractive for players to sign at, even if no, the money's No, I'm going to make a statement here because I've seen some people talk about it on shows and everything else. The Flyers would not be in a better situation with no cap. Trust me when I tell you this. I know you're thinking, well, we could just buy our way out of trade. Listen, when's the last time you won a championship? There, there was plenty of years of no cap and not a lot of years of getting to the Stanley Cup. So the team was competitive, but it never got that cup. Right. I think that's the difference is that we're feeling like and I agree with you. I don't think no cap is, is the right answer. But I, but the sentiment to me is that at least the team was competitive in most of those years. And whereas with the cap and the Flyers getting into cap trouble, the team has been less competitive. And I, I, I understand that sentiment to a large degree, but I don't think a no cap or a luxury tax solution is the right way. I think it's to have smarter management. Yes, that's the way. Yeah. Uh, a username Stakatoshi wanted to know, uh, didn't 
Alain Vigneault delegate a lot of communication to his assistants. I remember people being on him, but the same people haven't said a thing about Torts doing that as much. Uh, not to the same degree. He definitely did some, but Vigneault did more in practice than Torts does. Like actually working it, Torts has his assistants do more practices than AV would. Uh, AV, I remember um, saying at least a couple times that he had spoken to like every player. I kind of mm-hmm. remember that being part of his repertoire. So no, um, maybe the communication got bad with the bubble and everything because that really screwed up AV and the way he did things. So I think things did deteriorate after that. And I think maybe that's what you're looking at. It's also like a recency bias, I think, coming into play where you always kind of look at the past as like more positive maybe than it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or vice versa. Sometimes you look at it as more negative than it was. But um, I also think that because AV's assistant coaches were former head coaches, he could do that. And those coaches had a, a natural instinct to maybe be more communicative in that way. So it's kind of a different structure than John Tortorella has now with, with definite assistant coaches. Right. All right. Uh, this is another good question. How does other teams who have fired GMs and presidents, et cetera, affect the Flyers search for those positions? And are they going to wait for the playoffs to end to be able to interview some candidates from top teams? Well, if it's somebody that's on the bench or, an assistant GM, yeah, you're probably not going to get to talk to them until after they're out of the playoffs. But remember, when you're hiring a director of hockey ops, there are a lot of guys that have consulting jobs around the league because they used to be a GM or they used to be, you know, a director of hockey ops or something like that. And they're just sort of helping out the team in certain ways. Those guys, they always get granted permission. That never gets held up. So the Flyers, there are guys that are in that spot now they could be interviewing. Yeah, I think uh, that is spot on. Um, It's always really difficult, and especially with all those jobs open with the Penguins right now. Yeah. um, I feel like there's, like the Penguins could be a more attractive destination for Mm -hmm. some of these guys. And there's also, you know, some of those fired guys. I mean, we talked about a little bit um, on the previous couple of shows um, yeah. that uh, obviously Ron Hexel is not coming back, right? Yeah. Like all of that sort of thing, but that uh, Chris Pryor is the only potential candidate to return that we think would be useful from but those teams. Doubt, so yeah. Yeah. So they're not going to get anybody. Right. So I think that it, it is. Scouting. That's, you know, I was talking about for scouting, and this is the question was for scouting for people that maybe didn't see the other show or didn't know. Right. So it seems like that is not going to happen. But yeah, I think, you know, with a a bunch of the firings uh, that happened, you know, Calgary fired their GM. Um, You know, I think there's there's a lot of moving around the carousel. They had a month or more. You know, Dan's had at least, what, at least a month before any of these things happened. So you could have, you know, really gotten yeah. proactive with it. And the, and the Flyers haven't been proactive with it. Yeah. And it's like there are pros and cons to waiting until there's more candidates available mm-hmm. versus jumping on a candidate before anybody else can. And, and 
that's uh, definitely for Dan, not Danny, but Dan to consider as this is going to be fun talking about these two guys (laughs) over the course of the next uh, however long, but uh, we'll have to be clear about that. Um, Our very last question comes from our friend Jay over at Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets, and they fired their head coach. And so he wants to know, can we get Bradshaw back? The answer is no. The answer is no. Sorry, Jay. Um, I mean, maybe they can buy him back, but I I certainly don't think that's the plan at the moment. It is not the plan. All right, that will do it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Uh, Everyday listeners, tomorrow on the show, we are going to check in on some prospects, including uh, a draft prospect available as we turn more toward the future and the Mm -hmm. NHL draft. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your question answered on the show, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.